Hey guys, you are listening to Araba's Archives. I'm your host, Araba. Welcome. How are you guys doing? I, of course, guys, um, long time no episode. Um, sorry, I've been busy, you know, end of semester things. I graduated, which is amazing. Um, but before we do our mental health check-in, we have a special guest today. Um, I'm with TJ. TJ is a second year, well, just finished his second year of um, his clinical psych PhD program. Um, and he's really interested in mental health. That's kind of how we like clicked. But I will also just let you introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah, I mean, what's up y'all, TJ? Uh, I, I wanted to start by not only thanking you for having me, but congratulating you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, not only were you, did you graduate, but um, kind of gave a little speech. Uh, if you want to fill them in on that, because that's kind of a big deal too. I did. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I did give a speech at um, one of the cultural achievement ceremonies for like black students, black grad students. Um, and that was an experience. I was super nervous, but I did it and I felt really good after. It's like one of those things that I'm like kind of learning to do, kind of just take opportunities as they come. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just had to make sure you weren't leaving that part out. Um, but yeah, uh, I think the intro was great. Uh, second year, well, going into third year, uh, clinical psych PhD student here at VCU. Um, yeah, I guess we'll get into more of the nitty gritty of it, but that's my my short intro there. Yeah, thank you. So nice to have you guys. TJ's super cool. Um, okay, so. This is gonna be fun. Mental health check-in time. Now I have someone to actually do it with me. <laughs> okay, TJ, so how are you, really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm doing well. Uh, semester did just end. Um, it was rough last few weeks. I mean, as any student knows, undergrad, graduate, uh, it's stressful the last few weeks. It's stressful, it's stressful. and. Um, you can preach self-care all you want, but if you just don't have the hours in the day, then it can be tough. Um, self-care has been big lately, uh, but we made it to the other side. We're in the summer now, so um, getting there, getting there. That's good to hear. Very good to hear. Um, for me, I'm doing pretty well. I feel like this month or just like season in general has been really, really cool. Like. I got a job offer, I graduated, my birthday's in like two weeks, like I'm vibing right now. I'm surrounded by great people. So I'm in a really good headspace, let's keep it that way. Um, but yeah, so I think I've mentioned before guys that I am interested in pursuing psychology further and like going into like a PhD program. So I thought it'd be really cool to get um, TJ's perspective as a current um, clinical psych PhD student um, and just kind of hear some of his tips, his like some about like his experiences and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's just jump right into the questions that I came up with. Okay. So I guess just like to start off, what are your like long-term goals? Like what do you ultimately want to do with your career? Yeah. I mean, loaded question. Um, <laughs> And once again, we'll, we'll kind of get more into the details of how I've ended up at this goal. Mm -hmm. um, it is always changing, always changing. But uh, I will say that I, of clinical psychology PhD students, am definitely geared more towards um, the clinical side of things as opposed to yeah. research. Uh, I would love to, let's say, dream job, um, own my own private practice one day. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know exactly what that'll look like. I don't know exactly when or how I'll get there, but owning my own uh, private practice one day, uh, hopefully specializing in um, black adolescents. Uh, but that's the goal. That's the goal. Primary care, or not primary care, excuse me, um, but private practice psychologist. Yeah, that's super cool. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, so how did you realize you were interested in psychology and wanted to pursue it further? Like, when did you kind of come to that realization? Yeah, so I would say my interest in psychology started 
very, very young, started around eight years old. Um, and there was a long journey to get where I am today, but um, it started when I was eight. Uh, I don't even think you and I have talked about this, but um, my dad passed when I was eight years old and uh, I started seeing a therapist mm -hmm. then. Um, I loved my therapist. I loved every second of being in therapy. Uh, but I found out that that wasn't always the case for people. Uh, and I couldn't quite figure out why that was. And so um, actually in elementary school from about eight to 10 years old, uh, I started being a peer grief counselor in my school district along with um, some of the school counselors to where if someone had a parent um, who was similar to myself passed away, uh, then I would join the school counselor in sessions with them and just kind of be a peer there for them. Um, and I loved that, but uh, time went on and, and I still enjoyed therapy. I was in therapy basically my whole life growing up, um, still am also. And um, it, it really started to become a career goal or aspiration uh, when I was a senior in high school and I was uh, looking around at schools that I wanted to play football at actually and getting recruited and flying to these different schools and things like that um, for football. But one thing they ask is what is your, um, what major would you like to have, you know? And so um, I kind of just landed on psychology. People had told me that it was cool. Mm -hmm. I had never taken a psychology class, but I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll try it out. And so started talking to these professors at these schools on my visits. The more and more I learned about it, um, the more and more classes I took in undergrad, I loved it. And uh, clearly here I am. Yeah, no, that's great. Thanks for sharing. Like, I think it's super like interesting how like all of our lived experiences kind of contribute to like what we want to pursue. And, like for the longest time, I just thought like, okay, if I like am like, struggling with like my like mental health issues how am i going to pursue a career in like mental health and i just think that like everyone everyone like is like <laughs> on a certain path because of something they've experienced in their life to kind of like get them to like build this passion so i'm kind of like letting go of that like thought that like i can't pursue this because i struggle too or whatever so that yeah, was really nice to hear of course of course everybody um Almost everyone that you talk to that's in psychology, it really starts with their own experience mm -hmm. with therapy, with yeah. psychology itself, whether it's um, something that happened directly to them or a loved one. Uh, mm -hmm. That's usually what shapes it and what drives people here. And yeah, you have to embrace what brought you here. You know, don't, don't try and tune that out. Absolutely embrace it and use it as your superpower going forward in the career. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that so much. Um, thank you. Okay. So as a grad student right now, what are your um, like research interests? Yeah, um, prior to recording, I gave a long-winded answer. <laughs> um, but uh, right now I'm working on my thesis and it's geared towards mental health help-seeking behavior in Black adolescents, um, specifically the barriers keeping those um, in need from seeking treatment. Uh, I'm very interested in getting those in need into the therapeutic space because uh, one day down the line, like I said, I'd like to have my own private practice. I want it to be unique. I want it to be comfortable to for everyone. Um, but first you have to get those in need into treatment. And so hopefully figuring out how to break down some of these barriers, the one we hear all the time is stigma. I mean, that's, that's just the word that almost goes hand in hand with psychology at this point and therapy. Um, but breaking down these barriers to get those in need in treatment, um, specifically black adolescents mm -hmm. in my case. Oh, yeah, I like that for sure. We hear a lot about like stigma, but there's just like other factors, like economic factors, just like location wise, just like so many stuff. And I really, really like that a lot. That's like cool. Um, yeah, so what does a typical day look like for you as a grad student because in my mind no literally i'm so scared like in my mind i'm like um doc students literally don't have time for anything like they're literally always reading like what does life look like for you outside of school as well yeah so i'll kind of give you the good news and then the bad news <laughs> mm -hmm. um with the question that i think we have coming up next being the bad news um the good news uh as a clinical psych grad student, for the most part, you make your own schedule. 
to an extent. Okay. Um, so a day in the life for me, it, it's tough to tell because as a grad student, you're asked to wear so many hats. You have so many responsibilities um, to where each day, I, I like to separate them by each day. Um, so typically I'm not a morning person. So I will wake up around nine or 10. I need to make that earlier to get more things done. Um, <laughs> but I'll wake up around then, um, depending on what I have on the schedule that day, that kind of tells when I get started, but you got a million different emails to check. So that's there. Um, and then really getting into the grind of the day. So for the most part, I would say my day goes from about 10 to six or so. Um, okay with more work coming on the back end of that um and it's so true what they can what they say you can be doing something every minute of every day it's never like there's nothing on your plate um but you really do make your own schedule for the most part uh and you can kind of work whichever hours you want i, I have some classmates that will write their thesis from 8 p.m to midnight mm -hmm. while doing all their other work you know earlier on in the day or something yeah. like that i have others that wake up at 6 a.m. and they like to write first thing in the morning. That sounds horrible to no, me. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But some, you know, to each their own. Some, mm -hmm. that's that's what works for them. So you really do get to find what works best for you. It's truly just about your time management and optimizing your time. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what, um, I guess, like, what does life look like outside of school? Like, when you're not, like, doing schoolwork if you're ever not thinking about school what are you like doing yeah um I have a ton of different hobbies mm -hmm. I I pick up just about any hobby and I'll try it um life outside of uh of school it's been very different for me um first year uh thanks to COVID it was all virtual so I was home in Texas and I said I was working 10 to 6, that was still true, but after 6, I was going over to my buddy's house mm -hmm. and we would just hang out, um, make music, uh, go get a drink, play video games, whatever. Yeah. But uh, a fact that um, often gets overlooked is starting a grad program, most of the time you're moving to a new city. So this is my first year in Richmond and I'm still kind of uh, getting my bearings out here. So it looks pretty different this year to what it did last year, life outside of school. Um, being social, uh, which is weird in your mid-20s. Mm -hmm. It's weird, it's new, um, but that means going to trivia nights, uh, yeah. going and trying all these random festivals that they have in Richmond, Virginia. Um, like I was talking about with hobbies, I uh, do some photography, just walking around the city, walking around the James River. Um, I still play video games. That's mm -hmm. how I connect with my friends from back home a lot of the time. Uh, I'm a sports junkie, so you will catch me at the rec center playing basketball or just watching sports. Mm -hmm. um, life outside of school is, it's very different, but one thing I would say is I love my classmates. They're fantastic. We go out to happy hours all the time, but there are times where you want to have conversations that don't include school, and so yeah. that's where other friends come in handy. You're just kind of, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Um, it looks however you want it to look. Mm -hmm. it, it, this can really consume your whole life. It, it truly, truly can. But to me, it's so important that um, I don't let this program define who I am. You know, I'm still TJ Keys outside of here uh, with all those random hobbies that I just listed. And I got to make sure that it stays that way and I'm able to enjoy my mid-20s while doing this crazy PhD. Yeah. I really, really like that answer. Like, not letting this program define who you are. I'm like, wow, it's a large part of your life. <laughs> like, but um, no, I really like like hearing about like your hobbies, what you like to do and stuff like that. Now onto the loaded question. <laughs> um, okay, so I don't know how you're gonna answer this really, but like, what are your classes like? Like, I don't, I don't know if you can answer that, but like, what's it like? And like, what's like grading like? Because I've heard that like you literally cannot get like a c or something like that like how like you can't fail like what do you mean <laughs> that's that's true a, a c is failing so a and b's are the only grades that are passing grades um so yeah this was i wrote this question down as what is your workload like mm -hmm. because believe it or not classes are the last thing on my mind with how many other responsibilities you have um 
classes typically on the list of priorities, uh, they tend to fall behind because in year two, you start to work with live clients. So yeah. I have my own clients, I have my own caseload. Um, and that is a real human's life mm -hmm. that I am partially responsible yeah. for. Yeah. So that is at the forefront. Then anything along with that, the training that goes with that, mm -hmm. I would say is right behind there. Um, I'm a TA as well. So I TA for a class of 300 undergrads. A ton of them are seniors. If I don't grade their stuff properly, then they might not walk across that stage. So, so there are a lot of responsibilities and not just personal responsibilities, but I broke it down for you um, with kind of the weekly or the hourly breakdown mm -hmm. for each week. Um, so this is my experience. I want to make that very, very clear. Yeah. This is my experience. Uh -huh. Not everyone else's is the same. Okay. Um, but for me, it is 12 hours of classes about 10 hours per week of teaching, uh, about five hours roughly spent on your thesis, um, four hours of research lab responsibilities, uh, about 10 hours of seeing clients, about four hours of supervision, about three hours of additional responsibilities, which are just kind of side projects that you pick up. One of mine is um, speaking at local schools. I speak at one of the middle schools and one of the high schools. You do? That's um, super cool. Oh, I love it, I love it. And then, yeah, so it's approximately 50-ish hours of work per week, which does not include preparation for any of those assignments mm -hmm. or the commute. Okay. <laughs> Keep in mind, you're getting paid below minimum wage to do all of these things. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot. It's a lot of responsibilities. Lot. Um, and as you can tell, that's why class can sometimes fall behind. But... Mm -hmm. Back to your original question with classes. Um, yeah, there, there are just so many other things that you can work on at all times, but it's really just time management. And yeah. there are gonna be a million assignments that you don't wanna do, but you have to get them in just to, just to get that A or B in that class and move on. Mm -hmm. It's really just like, it's all about moving on. It's all about progressing gradually. And A's or B's are passing grades. One thing I will say, at least for VCU, my personal experience, um, professors have been through this. They know mm -hmm. the workload. Um, I've been able to ask for a ton of extensions. They are willing to work with you. Mm -hmm. Class sizes are like seven people. They're willing oh, wow. to work with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the main thing that I do love about these classes is that they're largely discussion-based. Mm -hmm. You come into class with a list of readings that you're asked to do. Um, there are some major assignments. Mm -hmm. Most of them can be tailored towards your thesis so that you're working on your thesis in these classes for these major assignments. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, about 50 hours is more than a full-time job. Yeah. Do yeah. people like work while in PhD programs? Because if they do, I, oh my gosh. That's a wonderful question. Um, highly dependent on the school and the funding available. Um, full disclosure, I am not funded this summer. So I'm currently looking for a position elsewhere this yeah. summer. Um, it, it truly depends. I know some people that bartend at night. Um, I know some people that have waited tables. I know some people over the summer uh, will be like a preschool teacher or, mm -hmm. or you know, work at a daycare. Yeah. Um, it depends. It truly depends on your, uh, basically your financial status, how comfortable you are financially mm -hmm. at the moment. That's why a lot of people do work some jobs prior to going into it. Yeah. I was dumb enough not to do that. And so I jumped in with my undergrad loan still pending mm -hmm. and jumping into this. So it truly depends on your individual life situation and what you can make work. Yeah. Okay. I always thought about that because I literally like you could tell me you have time for other things, but I'm like, mm, I just feel like you're not <laughs> like you're always thinking about school. like. It's a really long journey too. So I guess like you really do have to balance it out because you get um, a lot. Hey, burnout <laughs> like, no, burnout yeah. is real. <laughs> burnout is real. Anyone will tell you that burnout is real. Um, some fun mental breakdowns in the middle of the semester, very real. Uh, but there's so much support that mm -hmm. comes along with programs like this because yeah. um, less than 1% of the world's population 
gets a PhD. That's wow. Less than one percent. <laughs> less than one percent. There's strength and there's comfort in numbers. Finding uh-huh. people in your similar in a similar situation to you can really help, and that's what I've been able to fall back on is mm-hmm. my support system. I I would be nothing without my support system. Yeah, no, for sure. Like that's yeah, having a good like set of people around you is so important. Have you ever like considered dropping out or like just like really been like down bad? You're like, oh my god, I can't do this anymore. Basically every morning. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it's it's so true because um, I've actually had this conversation with a few people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's grueling. Like, yeah. it, it is grueling. Yeah. And it's not quite like undergrad to where you have midterms. And so it's like, you know, almost like a bell curve with an extra little hump at the mm-hmm. end with finals and stuff like that. Um, but it's more so like every semester, it just, it just keeps getting harder and harder just mm-hmm. on an incline. And you're like, all right, it can't get any harder than this. And it just keeps going. (laughs) And then you reset each semester. Um, I have had those thoughts. Uh, I will say personally, mine have been driven by uh, the financial burden that I was not expecting this to take. Mm -hmm. Um, It's tough. It's very, very difficult. Without the support, the financial support of my family, Mm -hmm. this may be a very different conversation. I know another student who didn't quite know what a clinical or counseling psychology mm-hmm. PhD program looked like. So um, he's more research-based and really doesn't have any interest in mm-hmm. the clinical side of things. So he's potentially thinking of getting his master's and then cutting it off there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough to answer because it's so dependent on your specific situation. But um, yeah, those, those thoughts creep in for sure. Those thoughts absolutely yeah. creep in, but I'm one where I've told people that this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I've had people tell me that I would not succeed at this, mm-hmm. and it's just like a big double flipping of the birds to yeah. them. Like I'm going to get through this and prove those people yes, wrong. You are, period. Hey, hey, you got to find the motivation where you can. Mm-hmm. You have to. Man, that's great. Thank you so much. Um, okay, so now just getting into like I guess before you were a grad student, what was your like app? application process like how did you kind of look for programs and make yourself a good like candidate yeah I was very very fortunate um I was in a research lab at my undergrad institution University of Oklahoma Mm -hmm. um and their way of paying us back for helping them with their research them being grad students and the um advisor of the lab um they would do weekly meetings with us Mm -hmm. about what grad school looks like, what the application process looks like, and all that. So I really got a crash course in it, and I'm so fortunate for that. Mm-hmm. I had a graduate student that was my mentor that held my hand and walked me through everything. Shout out Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not be here without them because yeah. I didn't know what that looked like. Um, they helped me out a lot with that, and I was given a book that I've shown you, mm-hmm. um, and it's basically clinical psychology PhD programs for dummies. Like that is mm-hmm. that is basically what it is. I'm pretty sure it's called the Program's Guide to mm-hmm. Clinical Psychology PhD. They list out all the statistics. Yeah. They show you what you need to look for. Um, one of the best pieces of advice that I was told was, um, not only are you applying to the school, but you're applying to work with that professor. Yeah. You're applying to work beneath that professor and whatever that entails. Um, so I started looking at professors that had similar research interests Mm -hmm. of mine, um, schools that were in areas that I was interested in, um, funding available, uh, all of the above, just, just really checking off these boxes, uh, a, a thorough Excel spreadsheet Mm -hmm. of all the things that I was looking for in a program and breaking it down from there. Um, I had never been to Virginia really prior (laughs) to this. I'd never been to Richmond. But I found VCU in this extensive search, and thank God that I did, because mm-hmm. once again, would not be here without that. So, yeah, the application process is grueling. Um, you and I have had plenty of conversations about this. Um, yeah, I, I was just very fortunate to know what to look for mm-hmm. um, and to use, not just use, abuse all resources available. Yeah. Seriously, everyone available. You find um, people with similar interests to you. You find 
just a graduate student that mm-hmm. has 30 minutes to talk in a day. Um, I, I knew nothing about grad school yeah. prior to that lab. So um, really just using these resources, um, figuring out, asking all the questions and just kind of going with it from there. Yeah, oh, for sure. And that's why I really appreciate you and just like taking the time to like record this right now because there are so many, and like, even like for me, I still don't even know everything. So like, I really like appreciate like just like having you like as someone to talk to, but like something that I'm like, currently just like struggling with, I guess, is like finding the perfect fit, which I feel like there is no perfect fit, but like, okay, if I'm like interested in like black youth and I'm like looking through all these like different like um, faculty members and like their research, it's like, I either find like um, people who are doing work with youth or like youth, but not like black youth or like with like black people, like, like older black women black men whatever but not like black youth and I'm like how do I like kind of yeah it's it's tough a, a little trick that I was told first of all was um whenever you're reading academic papers uh mm-hmm. or you're on google scholar make note of names that pop up a lot mm-hmm. there's a chance that you could work with someone who you love some of their work like yeah. you just read their papers didn't even realize mm-hmm that you could potentially work with that person and be contributing to those yeah. papers. You could have your name in one of those titles or at least, damn, be in the acknowledgements, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, but I, I will use my own personal anecdote to say, um, this is not my <laughs> perfect fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can say that confidently and I can say that without any regret as well, because um, I work under Dr. Kevin Allison his research interests are not the same as mine. Mm-hmm. In fact, coming into VCU, I did not even apply to work with Dr. Allison. Um, I applied to work with other professors here, but Dr. Allison was starting his lab. Um, when I showed up here for interview weekend, mm-hmm. he didn't even have his profile on the VCU website, mm-hmm. so I didn't even know how to prepare coming into yeah. the interview weekend. So I was doing my background research, getting prepared and stuff. He is more, um, community-based research, um, participatory action research. Uh, I joke calling him a social psychologist because it is so community-based where I am very much geared toward the individual. Um, I joke and say that I'm more of the uh, Carl Rogers, uh, you know, like client-centered approach. Um, There have been some butting of heads between Dr. Allison and I, Mm -hmm. figuring out what works for each other and nothing hostile whatsoever. Um, But we just have very different approaches. Yeah. And uh, the fit was not right at first, Mm -hmm. but it took time. It took a lot of difficult conversations for me to get into a comfortable space and for him to realize what I was aspiring to do here. Yeah. Um, So fit is important. Fit is very important, but it can work if Mm -hmm. it's not the perfect fit and um, a good advisor will be able to adjust. And I think that's exactly what Dr. Allison has done with me. He's been able to adjust um, and figure out what works for me. I I come from a sports background, so I always make sports analogies. Mm -hmm. I think my classmates are so tired of it (laughs) at this point, but um, not every single coach is right for every single player. Yeah. But a good coach will adjust their strategy. Mm to be able to optimize the performance of that of that player. And um, that's exactly how I look at this. And I think that Dr. Allison and I, um, it was like a bad blind date at first, but yeah. we're starting to become uh, more acclimated to how each other work. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, fit is important, but you can make it work. Yeah, I like that a lot. That gives me some peace. <laughs> um, so like prior to applying, did you have like how much like research experience did you have and like clinical experience if like any, cause like that's something too that I don't have, at least not yet. Cause like I haven't started working yet, but like, do you need to have like a good amount of like research experience and clinical experience prior to applying? So it's funny. I was actually thinking about this question earlier today and um, I think you and I are basically on the opposite end of the spectrum to where you are an incredible student. Seriously, seriously, an incredible student going above and beyond. Um, 
I was like so average. <laughs> I could not have been more average as a student in high school, undergrad, anything on from there. Um, uh, I'll go ahead and call myself out. I think I graduated with like a three, four, three, five, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, oh my God, no, probably not even that. I think I was like a three, two, three, three. Mm -hmm. um, but that's where my experience took over. Yeah. Um, clinical experience. I'm very, very fortunate, first of all, that peer uh, counseling that yeah. I talked about when I was very young. Um, my mom actually works for a psychiatrist. Um, and so I've been able to just be around the office with them. Um, summer internship type jobs with them where I was just in the back, you know, doing files or um, mm -hmm. just random things like that. Uh, reaching out to therapists that used to be my therapist, wondering if there was anything I could do in their office. Um, I, I did have a decent amount of clinical experience. I, I will say that. Um, but I was very fortunate with my, uh, the resources that were available to mm -hmm. me. There are definitely other ways to get involved. Um, at the University of Oklahoma, I uh, volunteered at a counseling center there and got some experience there. Now, research experience, um, it was a little different. I, I was caught playing catch up because I didn't really know what goes into a grad school program. I didn't yeah. know what would make my application look strong. So those grad students in the lab that I was talking about uh, asked me to start going to conferences, presenting, doing poster presentations. Mm -hmm. um, that was great. My first poster presentation was about the office, like the TV really? show, The Office, <laughs> and clinically diagnosing every character in The Office. It was that's super cool. It was just fun. It was, <laughs> that sounds it was at fun. some small, tiny conference in like Kansas or Missouri mm -hmm. or something like that. But I loved it, and getting to be around people um, who share the same passion as you for a weekend—it's yeah. really fun. Really fun. I highly recommend um, just going to as many conferences as possible. Now. I would say what set me apart, not only from my clinical experience, was um, I can't call this any more than just luck, than just putting myself in a good position and getting lucky. And you and I have discussed this. Um, summer going from, God, my senior year to my super senior year um, in undergrad, I applied to uh, work in some research labs at Harvard. Mm -hmm. I just sent seven cold emails to seven professors at Harvard um, looking for a position for the summer. Six said, hell no. <laughs> and the seventh said yes. Mm -hmm. And I spent a summer working in a research lab at Harvard. Um, not really similar research interests to mine. It was yeah. a mindfulness lab with Dr. Ellen Langer. She is awesome. That lab was fantastic. I will say that I personally grew more in that summer than any other time period mm -hmm. in my life. It was fantastic. But I think the biggest thing that I gained from that was um, the worst thing that people can tell you is no. Uh, yeah. Truly shoot your shot. Yeah. Truly shoot your shot. The worst thing people can tell you is no. I had to get a bit pushy as well, which is something that I am not comfortable with. Mm -hmm. um, so once I heard back, uh, I accepted the position and then didn't hear back from them till like a week before I was supposed to leave. Um, and so I sent multiple emails, they yeah. weren't answering. I just had to call them up and be like, yo, do y'all still want me yeah, here? Yeah. Like, am I about to just fly into Boston and not have anywhere to go? So mm -hmm. um, experience is a lot of it, but yeah. I will say that it was a bigger piece to the puzzle for me because I did not quite have that lovely, <laughs> you know, uh, student background mm -hmm. that you have. And if you can find the middle ground between the two, it's yeah. huge. Um, but I would say just getting out there. Uh, it's not easy. You got to get outside of your comfort zone in conferences, internships, reaching out to professors, whatever it may be. Yeah, that's really good advice. Thanks. I think it's like funny how you think I'm like this amazing student. I, bro, I literally. <laughs> I think I'm average, but okay, thank you. I'll take the compliment. I'll <laughs> hey, take the compliment. I, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to call you out either. Not trying to call you out. But in comparison to myself, which that's a low bar in comparison to myself. But yeah. <laughs> okay, now on to a few fun questions. What do you like most about being a clinical?
those like vibes giving? Um, you walked in while I was sitting here, literally working on tic tac toe, connect four, um, and making a funny slideshow that includes tons of my favorite memes and random quotes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a child and adolescent clinical psychology trainee. My kiddos are like nine, 10, 11 years old. I've worked with older clients and love them as well. Um, but my kiddos are young and the ones with ADHD, oh, you gotta find some stuff yeah. to work with them. Like you gotta get creative with it. I mm -hmm. loved that part of it. Um, one of my kiddos loves baseball. We'll go out in the hallway of the clinic. I don't know if this is allowed in the clinic, but we have like a stuffed baseball. Mm -hmm. And if he does well, if he can literally sit still and pay attention to me for 10 minutes, I got a reward because like his impulse control is yeah. out the window. Yeah. And so we'll just go out in the hall and throw the baseball around. I love that. I will, can I cuss? Yeah, go ahead. I will, I will whoop their ass in some Connect Four. Like we run it back all the time mm -hmm. and I will go at them. Um, but, Truly getting creative is so much fun. And then another thing that I mentioned earlier, just being surrounded with people with the same passion as you. Yeah. It's awesome. I don't know if I'm turning into the annoying kid that talks all the time in class, but like <laughs> I thrive in discussion-based courses. Yeah. And so like, I love just talking, giving my opinion, mm -hmm. you know, my side of the story and then hearing what someone else has to say. Yeah. Um, I'm a firm believer in, uh, there's something to gain from a conversation with anybody, mm -hmm. whether it is, you know, the gentleman on the corner who mm -hmm. is, you know, sitting with a cup of change in his hand, or whether it yeah. is a well-established professor. There's truly something that can be gained from every single conversation that you have with every single person. And um, I love being able to talk with people about this subject that clearly mm -hmm. I'm so passionate about. Yeah. I'm really excited for like this generation of psychologists. Like, oh, we're gonna kick ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Raise some hell and kick some ass. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, what are you most looking forward to as a future psychologist? You're gonna be Dr. Keys. Like, how does that sound? <laughs> my fun answer is making all my friends call me Dr. Keys. <laughs> uh, if, um, knock on wood, I get there someday. Um, making all my friends call me Dr. Keys will be amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but to be completely honest, uh, I'm really excited to, now that I'm thinking of it, I have like three separate answers for this, mm -hmm. I think. Um, I am very excited to be a representative of a young, I'm mixed, black and white, mm -hmm. um, but I consider myself still African-American, yeah. minority at least, um, having that representation mm -hmm. in the field, it's huge. Yeah. The ivory tower exists in academia. Um, one of my goals is breaking that shit down. Yeah. I, I mean, seriously, oh, yeah. um, I know listeners can't see me. I'm in a backwards hat, a t-shirt and basketball shorts. <laughs> If I could pull up like this to the clinic, I, mm -hmm. I would. I pull up yeah. like this to class. Um, I don't consider myself to be the cookie cutter psychologist. And that's something that I take pride in. Yeah. I, I mean, truly, um, we look different. And, and that's what I mean. Like you're saying this upcoming generation mm -hmm. of psychologists, we look different. Yeah. We speak different. Yeah. Uh, everything we do is like turning the textbook psychologist upside down. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited for that. Um, also, as I mentioned earlier, um, really bringing myself into the clinical space as well. Um, I want it to be fun. I don't want it to be someone just sitting on the couch talking to me and, and being boring behind a desk. Mm -hmm. um, at, my goal is to uh, make it as comfortable for the individual as possible. Uh, we are in that room for them, not for me. Yeah. And so I want them to be as comfortable as possible. I also feel as if they'll be able to share more they'll be more comfortable to mm -hmm. share more if they are more at ease and so um something just like yeah throwing the baseball in the hallway if i could pull up at the local rec center and do a therapy session there while shooting hoops with somebody oh my god i would yeah. do that in a heartbeat yeah i would love to meet someone in their place of comfort to where they might feel a bit more at ease and be willing to share more so um 
it's awesome because I could answer this question a million times mm -hmm. with a million different answers. And so yeah. that's just another reason for me to realize that I think I'm in the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how passionate about like about it, like how passionate you are about it. It's really inspiring. I love. Yeah. Um, okay. So how do you take care of your mental health? Like, how do you kind of like manage your mental health, uh, practice self-care and like, yeah, just make sure you're like good with like everything else going around in your life? Um, the support system's huge, huge, mm -hmm. which is tough because, um, like I said, less than 1% does this crazy thing. Yeah. Um, and so it's hard to find friends or family members that know what it's like what this situation is like um that's where i'm so grateful to fall back on i call them my girls because mm -hmm. it's me and five women in my program and so i call them my girls i fall back on my girls they got me um but uh it's so true when people say your therapist has a therapist i go to therapy mm -hmm. every other week i go to therapy and um god it's made such a big difference it has yeah. made such a big difference. And it's so funny because one thing that I tell my clients all the time is, oh, it's easier said than done. Oh, you know, I, I can preach CBT to them. I can do supportive counseling. I tell them all the things that I'm not doing myself. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier said than done. Yeah. But being able to speak with a professional about it, this year has saved me. To be mm -hmm. fully candid, I went through a rough breakup this yeah. semester. Mm -hmm life happens outside of this program and it's easy to lose sight of that and um you know whether it's family struggles mm -hmm. whether it's personal struggles whatever i've had my own battles with depression and anxiety yeah tough battles tough battles life goes on outside of this program um so self-care is so important it's looked very different for me just even in the past semester um my hobbies video games oh my god i check out i, I call it going brain dead i check out when I play video games, I'm talking with my friends. Um, working out, that has been so huge if I have the time in the day to do it. Mm -hmm. um, photography, on the weekends, just me and my camera, AirPods in, wandering around the city. People probably think I'm crazy, but I love it. Uh -huh. um, music, I'm a music junkie. Whether it's playing it, I'm terrible, I don't know how to play, but I got a keyboard and I press the keys and it's fun. Yeah. Um, listening to music, it's great self-care is so important um it looks very different to me or for mm -hmm. me depending upon the day um but it truly is so important but um just about everybody in my class just about everybody in the phd program as far as i know has their own therapist so yeah. that's a big piece of it mm -hmm. oh yeah i really yeah i appreciate like your transparency like i it's so like hard to like understand that like there like you have a life outside of this right like you have things going on like this is not your entire life so like you do like kind of have to like balance that and like make sure like you're like good and just like saying how you have a therapist like how like most therapists have therapists that is so powerful because like i feel like people expect therapists to be like super strong and like have like everything together but like everyone just needs someone to talk to and like an outlet like you know like it's so true i i'll plug a show here real quick mm -hmm. um i don't know if you watched ted lasso on uh, apple tv fantastic they really really get deep with some mental health struggles mm -hmm. in that show one of the episodes that i loved was they have a team psychologist so you know it's a, about a soccer team random coach gets thrown into the team blah 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 ton to it they have a sports psychologist come in and work with the team mm -hmm. She goes in one of the episodes, she goes through her own mental breakdown. Mm -hmm. And then she talks with her therapist. And in a show about soccer mm -hmm. that's a comedy, yeah. To get that deep about a therapist having a mental breakdown and talking to their therapist, mm -hmm. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. An incredible representation of it. But um the biggest thing with that for me is if you are not holy yourself, then you cannot give your entire self to your clients. Mm -hmm. That's what we're here for. That's the most important part is yeah. to be fully present in the clinical space. If you are not fully healthy, mm -hmm. physically, mentally, emotionally, 
then the work that you're doing is not optimized. Yeah. And that is a key piece of it. Um, also, another little thing I said earlier, there's always something you can be doing. Family takes priority over this for me. Mm -hmm. um, friends, like my life takes priority over this program. I'm, yeah. I'm still TJ Keys, whether yeah. I get that PhD or not. Mm -hmm. um, you'll be thrown for a curveball. That's how life works. It's really just a balance of how you're able to handle it and just bouncing back mm -hmm. and, and really just gritting your teeth, you know, digging your feet in and, yeah. and going for it. Yeah, I like that a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what's one thing you wish you would have known prior to entering a grad program, this grad program? I've beat myself up over this question multiple times um, because once again, I was so fortunate to be able to speak with graduate students prior to coming here. Mm -hmm. um, but it's so true when people say, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what questions to ask until you get hit with something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So um, one thing that I wish I would have known was just, I wish someone would have told me that um, while the website says it's a fully funded program, it's, it's not a fully funded program. It, you can make it, you can make it one for sure. Um, but I wish I would have known that having a financial foundation yeah. would have relieved me of a lot of stress mm -hmm. coming into this. Once again, I came in straight from undergrad. So yeah. most of my, actually all of my classmates, my immediate classmates, they worked prior to mm -hmm. coming in here. We're all different age, different ages, all different paths here. A lot of them worked. And so they, you know, have some money built up from their jobs yeah. where I came straight into this. Um, my thought process behind that was like, I want to keep this ball rolling. Mm -hmm. I've been doing school for this long. Might as well keep going with it um, because you never know if you're going to come back or not. But that's a big one. Um, asking some of those financial questions. Yeah. Um, the other big piece is I'm not going to call it what every other grad student calls it, which is imposter syndrome, which is it's so real. It's so real. But um, I wish I was told that you won't ever feel adequately prepared for whatever you're going to get thrown into. It is very much a learning on the fly type training um, that causes a lot of stress to some people. Mm -hmm. But you truly have to remember that you're here for a reason and go into whatever that space is with the utmost confidence you yeah. truly have to you truly have to um whether it's therapy whether it's your thesis whether mm -hmm. it's a random class assignment you're never going to feel like you're adequately prepared to tackle it but you are you're you are here for a reason and maybe i'm just giving myself a pep talk but truly no, like, yeah, you, 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 <laughs> you will never feel adequately prepared but but you are mm -hmm. you are um yeah i, I would say Ask questions too. Just find a graduate student in the street somewhere. <laughs> Ask questions. Um, we love passing down our knowledge. Uh, I don't know if it's because I had my squad back at OU, you know, walking me through it. I know I would not be here without them. Like mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for them. Yeah. Um, but ask as many questions as you can, and you're still not going to get through all of them. You know. So. Um, yeah, be confident too. Mm -hmm. Be confident. If if there's one takeaway that I would like for everyone to have from this, it is that I was never the ideal student. Um, I didn't know what it took to get into grad school until my senior year of undergrad. Um, but I love this shit. Yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. And passion can take you places mm -hmm. that. Um, not many other things can. I don't know if, if just straight knowledge can get you here. I don't know if just straight, you know, want to can get you here. It, passion can take you to crazy places. And yeah. preparation removes all doubt. Prepare as much as you can. If you love it, you will. Mm -hmm. And that's it. You gotta love it, though. Yeah. You really <laughs> yeah. do. You gotta love it, though. Yeah. 
that was great. I'm like internalizing every single thing you just said. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, no, that was it's, great. It's a lot. I mean, prior to hitting record, I told you we could, I could talk about this for hours, for hours. Yeah. Um, it's near and dear to me. I want to pass down that knowledge to whoever I can because I truly do believe, like you said, this upcoming generation of psychologists, of researchers in general, mm-hmm. like even the academics. Yeah. We're here to fix this. Like mm-hmm. there is plenty that's wrong with the world of psychology. Yeah. Plenty. Yeah. Plenty. Mm-hmm. The more you learn, the more it can scare yeah. the hell out of you. Yeah. But that's what we're here for. You know, be the change you want to see. Yeah. That part. That's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. Be the change you want to see. This was great. Those are all the questions I had. This was amazing. Literally, thank you so much, thank TJ. You. Oh thank my gosh. You. I'm I'm flattered to be on <laughs> here with you. Seriously. Um you and I have had a million conversations about this stuff. We could have a million more. But I am so glad that um we're able to record this. Mm-hmm. Hopefully have, you know, a decent number of people listen and and, yeah. and have something to take away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh there's just I love this stuff yeah and, and i hope that others are as passionate as i am and um hope that we can make the change that we're hoping to yeah no seriously thank you so much thank everything you. you said was super helpful and just like as you continue your journey i just literally wish you the best ever like i am so excited for you like literally once you graduate i'm changing my name your name on my phone to dr keys like oh i'll call you that for the rest of your life hey, like you hey. deserve it the, the feeling is mutual though. <laughs> um for the listeners that do not know arva and i have known each other for maybe six months yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe but seriously i am just like you sent me the video of your speech and i felt like a proud mama like i was just like that's my girl get it get it like i'm so happy for whatever i'm so excited for whatever the future holds for you um you're gonna kick ass in whatever you do i I truly believe that um and i need you to keep this podcast up because i will (laughs) but thank you again for having no yeah thank you so much All right, guys, that's it for this episode. I will see you in the next one. Thanks for listening. Bye.